Welcome to the Back em Down Podcast. This is your host, Coach Johnson. In this episode, we're going to be talking about each game from the Tuesday slate in the NBA. In the first game of the day, we had the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. While the Magic are shorthanded, there may not be another coach better suited for this game as Steve Clifford is always able to get the best out of his teams. As I've mentioned before, it is essential for Orlando to hit perimeter shots in this game to punish the Bucks' defensive scheme. The Magic were enthusiastic and focused throughout the game as they continued to answer the Bucks' runs with their own. It helped as Gary Clark and Kim Birch played good defense on Giannis to draw a couple of charges in transition and in the half court. Clark, Clark may not be the most athletically gifted player on the floor, but his IQ makes up for that. It'll be key for the Magic to help more in one-on-one situations as the series progresses. But there are many instances today where they did that such thing, especially in transition as they built a wall in the paint to slow down Giannis. Vucevic was phenomenal with 35 points, putting behind last year's poor performance in the playoffs versus Toronto. He was rebounding at a very high level and scoring from everywhere on the floor. I can honestly say that this was the best performance I have seen from him in a Magic uniform. Also, I thought he did a really good job defensively. He had active hands, which led to deflections. And while he's not overly athletic, he did challenge shots at the rim. What has worked for the Magic in this game is their decision-making. They did not settle for shots and really look worked to get great looks. This forced Milwaukee to guard for extended periods of time. With Giannis out of the game, the Bucks were able to get into their sets better and work for open shots. Their offense looked more together. A lot of series are determined by who is willing to do the dirty work, and I believe the Magic were the aggressor in this area today. An area that Milwaukee must figure out on off the offensive end is putting Giannis in positions where he will see minimal help his way. He had a lot of success when Gary Clark did not force him into the help, and he was able to spin back away from it. To a majority of the time, the baseline and score. Also, I was ridiculing Evan Fournier throughout this game because of his poor performance that stems from the seeding games. But he really stepped up down the stretch to hit big threes to help put this one away for the Magic as they take a 1-0 series lead over the Bucks. In the second game of the day, we had the Miami Heat taking on the Indiana Pacers. Miami is finally at full strength as they have their full team together for the first time since the restart. Indiana really made it a priority to get the ball into the hands of whoever Dragic and Robinson were guarding in this game. A blow to the Heat early as Duncan Robinson picked up his second foul halfway through the first quarter. The Pacers were really aggressive versus the Heat's defense as they were attacking them off the dribble, which has led to a majority of their points at the rim slash free throw line. 
but a tough blow to the Pacers as well as Oladipo's poked in the eye and was not able to return to this game. But a positive sign for Indiana is that TJ Warren was playing much better in the first half than he did in the previous matchup versus Miami, but this did not carry on throughout the game. Pacers continue to hunt mismatches against the Heat's perimeter defenders, and Indiana's offensive game plan was pretty clear. They wanted to take advantage of Dragic, Robertson, Olenek, those guys that aren't as good defenders as Butler, Bam, Iggy, Crowder. But, you know, Miami employed a lineup of Jimmy Butler, Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Derrick Jones Jr., and Bam Adebayo, which I believe is their best defensive lineup. It's a very hard group to score against with how much length they possess, and they're able to switch everything without losing a step. It was important for Indiana to get stops and get out to play in transition so they didn't have to play against the half-court defense that Miami possesses. They just did not do this enough in this game for my liking and for them to see the most amount of success. The Heat were sending multiple players at TJ Warren on each catch, whether that set was off of an Iverson, off of a post-up, anything. They were making multiple people, you know, bump him through his cuts, sending double teams, sending help. A lot of the focus on stopping Indiana was stopping TJ Warren. Indiana, I don't know if they took full advantage of the minutes where Bam Adebayo was not on the floor for Miami. But the depth of the Pacers was really impressive in this game. It helped them keep them in the game with the injuries they did have to Oladipo and they have to Sabonis. Also, Aaron Holiday getting into foul trouble. They were able to get real minutes and good production from Jakar Sampson, TJ McConnell, Edmund Sumter, Sumner, and Justin Holiday. I really think Nate McMillan does a great job of putting guys into roles to succeed. Goran Dragic came alive in the second half and looked like the player that was helping carry the heat through some of the tough games that Butler did not play in. The Heat ended up going with the lineup of Dragic, Hero, Butler, Iguodala, and Bam to finish this game. And there's so much versatility for the Heat in that lineup to score and defend. Butler came up huge at the end with two big threes to put the Pacers away. And Indiana just didn't have the offensive talent to keep up with the Heat late in this game, especially with Oladipo going out as Miami takes a 1-0 series lead going into Game 2. I will be right back after a short word from our sponsor, Anchor. In the third game of the day, we had the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Houston Rockets. Both teams started off cold from the field to begin this game. You could see that Oklahoma City was really trying to take advantage of their size as they looked to get the ball inside. While OKC can match up, with the personnel of Houston, I thought it would have been smarter to slow the game down and minimize the amount of possessions that the Rockets get. 
Early in the game, the threes weren't falling for the Rockets, but they were really aggressive off the dribble, beating the Thunder in one-on-one situations, and were able to draw a couple of fouls to get to the free throw line to find their rhythm. When you have the amount of spacing that the Rockets do, it forces it forces long closeouts, which becomes very tough to guard with each of their players being able to attack off the bounce. This is where they can really hurt you. I thought Adams was needing to be a very good passer in this game, but in the series as he will have a lot of attention on him when the ball enters the post. So he cannot have any turnovers. It's imperative for Houston to create turnovers as they're going to struggle on the glass and will need to create more scoring opportunities for themselves since they won't get too many offensive rebounds. For a majority of this game, Chris Paul was not playing well, and just the Thunder will not stand a chance if he does play poorly. There was no ball movement for OKC and just too much standing. Houston was able to rest and help, and their offense was able to get into a rhythm and was firing on all cylinders as they were getting a lot of drive and kick out threes. OKC finally started to see some better results offensively when they got more paint touches. I thought Aaron, Eric Gordon filled in tremendously for Westbrook. The thing that the Thunder let him do too much is get to his right hand, which is imperative to stopping him. You know, while OKC heated up from the perimeter, their defense just continued to allow too many drives which forced a lot of over-rotating. The Thunder tried to climb back into this game with their best lineup, which is ranked the number one best five-man lineup in the NBA, and they were able to go on a 9-0 run to creep back in the game. OKC got off to a good start in the second half to get the lead down to 11, but Houston just kept going and kept going and kept going. Their defense was really good throughout the game and much better than I expected. But the Thunder bailed them out as well with their stagnant offense. One of the biggest storylines from this game will be the first excellent play of the Houston role players. If this is continued, then it raises the ceiling for their title hopes. Schroeder just could never get going in this game in his return leaving every miss short, not having his legs underneath him fully. The thing that disappointed me is that OKC didn't change a whole lot in the second half on the offensive side of the floor. They were just able to make more shots. You know, I can sit here and talk about the X and O's part of it all day, but if Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder show up, then this this game goes the other way, in my opinion. In the last game of the day, we had the most anticipated game as the Los Angeles Lakers were taking on the Portland Trailblazers. What an intense and physical game this was all night. The Lakers dug themselves in a hole early in the game as Danny Green and Anthony Davis could not make a shot to start while the Blazers were able to get contribution from across the board. LeBron put together a history-making performance, but the talk will be if he was too passive and should have looked to score more than trust his teammates like he did throughout the night. His triple-double, 23 points, 17 rebounds, and uh, 16 assists was not enough for the Lakers. He is the first player in NBA history to record those numbers in the playoffs. He did struggle from the three-point and free-throw line, but continue to play strong defense. 
His team only scored 93 points, and while it is great to play team basketball, they needed him to take advantage of the Carmelo-Gary Trent matchup. While L.A. took a six-point lead with seven minutes to go, it was Portland who was able to close the game on a 19-6 lead with Lillard and Melo hitting big threes. What is a cause for concern for the Lakers that Portland did not play well as they only shot 39% from the field? This is the first win for the Blazers when they only score 100 points. They were 0-9 before this game. Neither did the Lakers play well as their shooting woes continued as they shot 35% from the field and 15% from three, which is second-worst three-point percentage by a playoff team in NBA history. They also missed 11 free throws, a lot of missed points on the board for the Lakers. This is where the production of Danny Green, Caldwell Pope, and Caruso comes under the under the microscope. They are key to the Lakers' success. But also, where was Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, two guys you brought in to make shots and make plays? And they did not sniff the floor. They could have provided what those didn't. This is where Frank Vogel really needs to fix the rotation and cut down on McGee's minutes as they were outscored by nine points in his 13 minutes, and they lost this game by seven. Their starting five just doesn't do well together. The offense is too clogged. So they're going to have to look at you know putting either Caruso or Kuzma into the starting lineup and replacing McGee, maybe playing Morris, more at the five. You know, I think the Blazers did something that not many teams can do is match the size of the Lakers, which gave them an advantage on the glass playing Whiteside and Nurch. With both of them being better than the Lakers' next big, the Lakers are really going to have to rely on maybe Dwight Howard playing a lot of minutes out of the five and not getting into foul trouble that he did last night because he was productive in the minutes that he played. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Frank Vogel mix-ups up, mix the rotation and gets guys some confidence to start knocking down shots. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Back em Down podcast. If you want to become a monthly contributor to the show so I can bring you all more content on social media and the podcast, please do so. Hopefully everyone enjoys a Wednesday and watches each game too that we have in the series between the Nuggets and the Jazz, the Clippers and Mavericks, the Raptors and the Nets, and then the Celtics and the Sixers. Hope to have you all back for the next episode of the Back Em Down podcast.